0: pod 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 rugby pod
1: Hello and welcome along to the rugby pod brought to you in proud partnership with Guinness. Don't forget we're running live shows with Guinness during the November Internationals. And our next one is in Cardiff on the 21st, uh, Head of the Wales-South Africa game with special guest Andy Powell. So get yourself along to that and check out eventbrite.co.uk. As always, a big thanks to Guinness for their support. I'm here and as usual, uh, we've got big Jim and Goody. How are you boys? The dream team. We're good. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, great. Very good actually. We well, started on
0: Thursday, didn't it? Sorry, you go. How was your weekend, Goody? Go on.
2: Yeah, no, it started on Thursday. We were up in Edinburgh together. Oh, we were? We did a dinner for Wooden Spoon on Thursday night, didn't we?
0: Yeah. Me and Goody, the ant and deck of rugby, fat and deck. Get it? We did a stand-up, stand up piece. Don't get it. Don't get it. To <laughs> what do you mean you don't get it? That was my first gag, went down an absolute storm because last time we were in Edinburgh, Goody, fat, Goody g- and he fat got and Lynch. Fat and
2: dick, is it? Fat and deck. The best bit about it though, they
0: um the Scots go wild about
2: winning the Calcutta Cup because they never win it right and to them it's like oh we've won the World Cup we're the best team in the world you've won the Calcutta Cup once in what is it ten years or something
0: you didn't say that though anyway you
2: didn't say that so they get two there. old captains to march the Calcutta Cup in and it's like oh amazing we are the greatest and then people were looking at it so you know raising money for Wooden Spoon you could have your picture taken with a Calcutta Cup for ten pounds so I donated ten quid to try and get Jim a picture with the Calcutta Cup because he's never won it it's embarrassing he's never won it never laid hands on it so I let him go and touch it is no. it?
0: Yeah, of course he did. But I'm not that bothered about that. I had my hands all over the wooden spoon, which Goody reminded me of. It went down an absolute storm. So, Fat and Deck are available. Get in contact with Jim hamilton for on Twitter, and then we'll get in touch and we'll help Goody remortgage the swimming pool and the new Range Rover nah, nah. and the holiday house. Remortgage?
2: If you haven't got one, you
0: don't need one, do you? Okay, well, you keep it. No, it's good. So obviously, then Saturday you did some comms, didn't you? Did some commentary on the big game of the weekend, Scotland Fiji. Oh wow, yeah. yeah, huge game. Yeah, well, did you watch it? No, no, did not Mate, this did is ridi- this is ridiculous. Watch the highlights, no, Andy. No, 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 no you well, haven't, he's no. an arrogant kiwi. Disgrace. Isn't he? Exactly. It's only one game that matters. Do you want to talk about that game or not? shall we? Shall
1: we talk about that now? Yeah, let's talk about the big one. What do you make of that offside? Goodie. Was it offside or not? We're we talking about the Scotland game or not? What are you on about? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, listen,
2: letter of the law, he's offside. There's uh, some new permutations been brought in uh, on the offside law. It used to be, and a lot of people didn't know this, it used to be the hindmost body part of your own team. So George Ford's in the tackle. So effectively, he could stand halfway at the ruck. But in 2018 they bought in May 2018 they bought in some new directives on the offside line to because of what happened between Italy and England in the Six Nations Ruckgate. <laughs> gate gate yeah um so now the, the the offside line is the back foot or the rear the hindmost body part of the ruck so the defensive line is the you know the back foot of the ruck effectively now
0: which was where in this game then uh, was it Tonga Fassi that put his foot forward this is the thing this is the point now you can come back to it so as it looks on TV and the still images, there's mm-hmm. two things. Courtney Laws is slightly in front of the whole England defensive yeah, line. Because he's gone across, he's, he, you can see what he's trying to do. Yeah, he's, he's, he's coming from he's about he's fourth or head, f- yeah, yeah,
2: fourth or fifth defender. He's trying to get in there because he knows actually I can, I can get a charge down here, yeah, which so is he, clever. But because he's gone in front of
0: him, he's never got back on side, I don't think. But the thing is, up until the very last moment, he's on side. And then at the very last second, is it Tonga Fassi? He steps forward as laws is about to go. I think he's onside until the very last moment. And he's a little bit unlucky because looking down the line, he looks offside. And there's a couple of things talking about charge downs. Normally, it's the person or the player closest to the breakdown who goes for the charge down. Yeah. He's the second one out, isn't yeah. he? It's, it's a harsh call. He is offside. When it happens, literally when it happens, he's offside. But he doesn't do himself justice because he looks offside at the start because everyone's so onside and... We just mentioned the, the replacement loosehead mm. for New Zealand steps steps forward it's at the very uh, last yeah, second. Uh, yeah, and it's it's clever. Well, I don't think he does it on purpose. I think it, it's, just, see, it's just... It, would, it, it wouldn't surprise... Yeah, it's
2: one of those that it, you could look at it and go, it's just happened, he's made a step forward. Or it wouldn't surprise me if the Kiwis have talked about that during the half-time or something, because England pushed the off line a lot, and they got penalised a couple of times in the second half, and he's put his foot forward. But it, it just amazes me on when you get on Twitter and you hear all the different opinions, and you've got journalists who are supposed to know a lot about the game, saying uh, the scrum half put his hands on the ball, therefore the ball is out. No. That ain't the law. That used to be the law. <laughs> You've got clueless journalists who, you know, write... Who? ...to get paid... Who? ...to write this sort of stuff. Who? ...who don't know the laws. Um, and then a few people questioning actually pro players that talk about it now and understand the exact definition of where the law amendments have come in and what the actual laws are. As a rose-tinted... Spes- as a rose-tinted spect- testicle, testicle, <laughs> as a rose-tinted spectacled England fan, everyone's going. He was onside. He was onside, and you know what? I was jumping for joy in, at the Twickenham when we see Sam Underhill. What a finish, by the way, going over. What a player! Yeah, because um, we should have beaten the All Blacks. I oh, did. I not say. Try. Did I not say England you were going to win? But then you look at it. You know, when you look at it in the cold light of day, for me, he's offside. There's then the debate of this new TMO protocol that was brought in for this weekend, where the referee makes the decision. The four-man team of the two assistant referees, the referee and the TMO, can all help with the decision. But for the TMO to come in and, and change the referee's decision on the field, it has to be clear and obvious. Now, that's the big debate, because people are saying it, well, it wasn't clear and obvious. But Marius Yonker, who sat in the truck... South African, by the way. Yep. He's saying, to him, that's clear and obviously offside. Because we got done last week, <laughs> we can't say that, James. But that, that, why? That's why can't we say that? He's a, he's an independent TMO that has credentials. Yeah, well, and he just would never do that. Exactly. So. There's loads of things he throw into the melting pot. People are saying, you know, I read one in the Times today, an ex-international referee saying he you his hands on the ball, therefore the ball's out. No. Oh
0: my god! you
2: you're wrong.
0: <laughs> there we keep go. Keep up with the law amendments. There and we then we're go. we, we not going to go back to me thinking, predicting. I, I, I feel like England won. I don't know why I keep saying this because they didn't. But I thought they were going to win. I, I had an epiphany. Is that what it is? Epith- epiphany. Had a dream and I put a bet. Are you allowed to put bets on? I don't even know if you're allowed to. Put, you're not allowed to put bets on as a player. Us in the media, are we allowed to put bets on? Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. Yeah, put a bet on that England would win. Put a tweet out. Had about 50 comments. Oh, jim has been out on the drink. What are you on? Ha, ha, ha. Everyone laughing at me. American Kiwis, was they? What? No. no. The Mate, there was some English fans on there as well. <laughs> I mean, I didn't click on all the profiles, but I had a feeling. I saw enough in the 10 minutes, even the 20 minutes of that South Africa game and I had a feeling that they would rise to the occasion and with Underhill in the team who, in the past, I've said that I don't think Underhill is as good as people make out but internationally, he could be a star. I think to play the way that he played at the weekend, you're going to struggle to do that week in, week out in the Premier League. I think he's almost like a Warburton. If you want the very best out of him, he needs to be managed and not playing that many games. Imagine playing... At that level, and the collisions that he put in and was a part of, both in defence and attack, and doing that every week, mate,
2: you it, couldn't his, do his it. face. You couldn't do you it. See, after about ten minutes, he had a massive egg on his face, didn't he, from yeah. tackling with his face. He was unbelievable. And I just still can't get over the finish. Where was Bowden Barrett going? He absolutely he didn't rinsed it. it. He, didn't. he, he didn't want to make
1: that
0: tackle, he did he? Baby rhino running, mate. You could see. Cause he looked like a rhino <laughs> when he was running. It was like one of them. Your man. Oh, God. <laughs> Yours. Oh, there's no one else around. Yeah, he, yeah what a finish, though. But yeah,
2: listen. You know, Jim, you did predict that it was going to be very close and you'd sniff out and England win. And then when I saw it, it was hosing down the rain, obviously I spent the first hour and a half at and eating my face off in the corporate lounge. And I tweeted the same thing. I said, I can just feel... Because the All Blacks, and people are like, oh, it does rain in New Zealand, you know. Well, I know that. That's fairly obvious. But Kiwis and the All Blacks don't necessarily change their game too much, whatever the weather, do they? And if you got you go back a few years, you've got Dan Carter, who can manage a game. Bowden Barrett's strength is not managing a game in all weather conditions. And
0: taking penalties.
2: Yeah. And you've got McKenzie at fullback, who McKenzie, some parts of his game, he's the best player on the field by a country mile at times. Other parts of his game you can go, or oh, what's happening there? He could absolutely run up his own arse or whatever and, and cause a load of problems for the All Blacks. And that's the thing, you know, the balance of the game. When you got Farrell at 10, controlling territory and, and things like that, and the intensity that we defended in that first 20 minutes and played out with the ball we were bang on form but where we lost the game people talk about oh you know this that and the other lost the game because it wasn't a try we lost the game because we didn't go for the drop goal or we lost the game because we didn't go for the penalty should the... you have
1: gone for the drop goal or the
2: penalty 100% base? should have been someone should have been in the pocket looking at a drop goal you've got four and foul on the field i can't believe we didn't even shape for it we've gone for a drop goal earlier in the game to go eight points up so you you know you get to the last 5 minutes of a game and as a 10 you know and you're in a close ball game you should always be thinking of an opportunity for a drop goal to win the game but where we lost the game was that 5 minutes before half time but we just sat off the All Blacks and let them play. And the one question for me, listen, England were brilliant. One question for me, had it been a dry day, would the outcome have been the same? I'm not sure.
1: We had a tweet come in just asking, how do you actually set up for a drop goal like walk us through the process as goody
2: Matt Yuki well you have you have a set play so when I was at Wasp we used to practice it because you know at some point you might need a drop goal to win a game mate we didn't do it for Scotland we knew we knew, <laughs> <laughs> we knew mate it was all in or not so you know you plan off a line out which England had Uh you probably hit, hit up the middle and then you have a kind of you see a lot of chopping and changing hitting short sides coming back two pod systems maybe a three pod system and you, it's like a 21 pattern i suppose so you've you, you hit up in midfield off the line out you know, we had some big ball carries that you could have just smacked off a short line out or whatever then pod a forge around the corner a second phase so that's the two and then you come back one into midfield uh and hit another line there and you're just basically trying to mani- zigzag zigzag manipulate the defense and you've got your 10 in the boot just waiting for the ball but you still have to have the backs options either side to make a threat so if they do shorten a line, you can take another five or ten yards. And, you know, we didn't, even, I think Farrell said he was thinking about going back in the pocket or was making his way there. I think you've got to be more proactive than that and, and have a set play that you call off a line out to win a game. When we we're at Newcastle, I spoke about that in commentary the other week. Newcastle, we always had a, a call when you need a penalty to win, not just necessarily to win a game, but you need a penalty to go ahead or, you know, just before half time. The scrum play, so you set up, you've got, say, you got scrum on the right hand side. It's a team play that everyone knows. You hit. A twelve up off the scrum into the ten twelve channel. You you get your front rows to hold on to the other front row, so they're still in an offside position. Your blindside wing cuts the short angle where the scrum was and gets ends up c- because the generally the front rowers are last up and foked absolutely dying as well and not the brightest at, at times they see a what winger why is stereotyping from <laughs> rowers you see a winger flying on a short line like that they tackle them offside and you get a penalty so teams should have these in place and everyone has different ideas of how to do it and what's best but um, that's the disappointing thing we came that close
0: my mate Farrell my mate Farrell going around smashing people he says smashing people, he missed 11 tackles. Yeah, mate, don't talk about him like that. Don't talk about him like
2: that. <laughs> he played, listen, he played exceptionally well. I love he's, Farrell. He's a proper leader. Are you, are you trying to be mates with him now? Because you, you said do before you didn't get Farrell.
0: on. Well, I do, yeah, I do love Farrell, yeah. I, I, he doesn't, doesn't love you. No, well, the thing is, no, he, he didn't like me because I was crap at rugby, and I didn't like him <laughs> because he thought I was crap at rugby. That was it. Simple as that. I respect him, but he thought I was crap at rugby, and that annoyed me, so he annoys me. Or annoyed me. <laughs> Listen, he, he is someone that
2: drives standards in that team. And, yeah, you know, there's a shift, isn't there? Obviously, it's now co-captains, him and Dylan
0: Hartley. I heard Hartley came off with a, an injury. Surely they've not brought him off at half-time. Like, I'm a bigger fan of Jamie George, but I'm just thinking about it in the context of the game. It's got to be an injury. Well, it must be. Nothing's come out, but... Well, there was something about a thumb, but strange decision, not because I think or other people think Jamie George is better. Strange decision that England are doing so well in that first half collectively as a forward pack that you change it at Mm. half-time. That's the only weird thing for me.
2: What about the old-school 13-man mall? There we go. Saracens. We did that. God. Well, Eddie said he had a a few tricks up his sleeve, didn't he? Yeah. And
0: Jamie George was getting some ban.
1: Should yeah, never have happened. Five from ten in the lineouts. Jim, what, what did you make of that? He's been copying a bit, a bit of flak for it.
0: There is only one where you can potentially argue that it's his fault. Where it's the it's a dummy throw which was, even that itself, was difficult. Uh, there was t- I, Looking at them, and again, slow-moed them last night, just so I could come in. What, comp- a noise! I know, well, mate, you got to. Old, old, old Corbs here. Eh? The game's moving on, mate. <laughs> the game's moving on. and I, But I wanted to look at it, because I wanted to come in here with a balanced approach and not just say it wasn't his fault. So so New Zealand was staying down in the line-outs initially, weren't really competing, and then, unfortunately for Jamie, and George Cruz, who would, would have been calling, and, and on commentary, and I, and I actually feel bad by the, the, the shit that Barnes has flacked on social media, I think it's got a bit out of hand. But he was saying that Ritalik has got a toji in his pocket and it had nothing to do with a toji. Well, it it was a call. The, you know, the calling of the England line-out, which unfortunately falls on George, which is difficult for George as well because they weren't competing. George but, Willie knows Cruz. Yeah, and they decided to compete. So there was one mentioned the, the dummy throw where they got pinged. It was a free kick. The other one was a two-step lob on Marrow as well, which was old school. Ritalik went up for that one, I think. And stole it. The other one was Brad Shields. Has he not taken? He's played his arm though, hasn't he?
2: Was it Retallic that Yeah,
0: played? yeah. He's, he's no kind contact of, in
2: the air. Is that a penno
0: But it's a top of the throw jump for me. Brad Shields should have still taken that ball. So, yeah, he's hit his arm only slightly. You want a proper noise about it, Brad Shields should have transferred it into his right arm and come down under pressure, which is fine. Jim, you're a better bloke when you know nothing about exactly. Rugby. Please know, top, but, but stop boring people. It's more because it's more I love Jamie George. Yeah. So, I just want to make it clear, and he was getting zoomed in on camera, Barnes was talking about him, other people were talking about him. Brad Shields should have taken the ball. It was a double top throw. And... Yeah, New Zealand are just smart in what they do. Like I didn't. Wait, what do you hate Brad Shields for? I don't hate Brad Shields. You're a horrible bloke. But he ain't at the level that. Mate, that, I that was, was a, good. I thought he was good at it, the weekend. There you go. You thought he was good. I thought the England pack, the majority of them were exceptional, and you're saying that he was good. Well, you're exceptional and my good are probably. It's like, you know. Do you think that he justifies <laughs> it? I can't see what Brad Shields does. And give me, give me the platform. And I spoke about this with my mate yesterday. Which, what, who was it? Who Larry, was it Larry. Larry. At uh, Stowe Rugby Club. Yeah. Uh, doing a bit of coaching. We, we were blethering about it. I can't see a difference between Brad Shields, Jackson Ray, Michael Rhodes. I see. I actually see Michael Rhodes as a better player. Like I do. Mate, take Garvey. Take, take the Garvey at Bath.
2: tinted spe- spectacles off.
0: Gary Graham. I, I think he's come. he's Scottish, mate. What are you about? Well, he's Scottish now. Yeah, of course <laughs> he is,
2: mate. 25 bags is gone. <laughs> but, yeah, you look at it. And at the back row at the weekend, I thought they all fronted up. Underhill was out this world. Wilson was pretty uh, special. Yeah. And Brad Shields had a damn good game mate, as well. He
0: had a, he had a good game. I'm not... And that's as good as he's going to play. If you're going to play the best you've ever played and the most passionate you've ever played and, and tackle as hard as you've ever tackled, it was going to be that game. Yeah. Mate, he's, he's good. He's a good player. But I just think that if you're Jackson Ray, I th- I'd be a bit gutted. By the situation, and again, yeah, he's at Saracens? But that, yeah, no, I, I I'm, look, I'm looking Jackson. at it. I'm looking at it in terms of an English player that's come through the system, and he's he's of that George Cruz, uh, Jamie George, Owen Farrell, George Ford, Watson that group. You're gonna be, you'd be gutted. Yeah, I know. But coming through the system, it doesn't
2: make a difference whether you come through the system or not anymore. Of course, you want everyone to. But you look at every international team. There's project players in there. You know, Gary Graham. In the Six Nations last year was, oh, hey mate, I'm English, yeah, because it's twenty five grand a game. Oh no, I'm, oh, I phone Gregor Townsend. I'm Scottish, and and that's the thing. Every you know Nathan Hughes for, for England, he's he's not English. We know that. Billy Vanapola. he's Tongan, yeah, but lived you, in Wales. Yeah, but they, he went to school yeah, in England. He's lived, so
0: we well, went to school. He grew up here. You know. Brad Shields have been brought over from New Zealand. And this, I don't know Brad Shields. I am I bet he's a top lad. I bet he's, 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 he's nice. I bet, a very nice guy. I bet but he's hung he's, like a horse. I bet he's got everything going for him. <laughs> he's got a great beard. And fair play to him. I'm just looking at it now on face value, watching the two games. But I want him to do well. It must have been it was so tough for him facing the hacker. Regardless of getting 25 grand, emotionally, you know, Bowden Barrett he played with him in the under 20s. Like, they're his mates. Mm. And they're doing the hacker, which is one of the most iconic things which I could imagine only he could have dreamt of doing. You, I, and, I mean, then, you're speaking from experience here because every time you played against England, under your breath, you were singing
2: the national anthem, right? <laughs> no, it was more when we were playing New Zealand. I'd, be like, I'd love to be doing the hacker. Um, the other thing you didn't, uh, you know, talking about the line outs, uh, Scott Barrett comes on as well, which yeah. makes a massive difference. Mm. He comes on the, in the back
1: row. Oliver Thew has asked us, Underhill or Kerry, or both win fit?
0: On that, for me, Underhill. I, I've not seen a better performance from a back row tackling seven and over the ball and carrying. If he can sustain them performances, Great, I think I, you know, I do. I think there's room for both of them as well. It, it on what kind of game. If you're playing against South Africa, for example, I think you could play both of them. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? because tra- traditionally we don't. You know, the only team that really does it is Australia. Yeah, and that's why I say with Pocock and Hooper. Imagine Underhill, Curry, and Vonapola.
2: Yeah, stretching the
0: line uh, out a little bit. That's that's the issue. That's the only Get issue. Get Billy up there. Get a big Billy um, up there at the front.
2: But, <laughs> oh, listen, can you play both of them? I don't. I don't think you can regularly but there might like Jim said there might be the odd game and you can do it. What we have done is found out that we talked about all these sixteen players that were out injured or banned or whatever. Now you look at some of those sixteen players and you think, you know, Eddie Jones his hand has been forced for in these first two games to play players that there's no chance he'd have picked had those other guys not been injured. So, you know, some of those guys that are injured they'll be thinking, geez, I might struggle to get back in here. And you know, I, I said it on BT Sport yesterday if three weeks ago, you'd have offered Eddie Jones a one-point victory over the Springboks and a one-point defeat to the All Blacks, if he's been honest, he'd have taken that.
0: Mate, I always said I think I thought England were going to win the Six Nations this year. i said it before. <laughs> <laughs> one thing we didn't speak about, actually, you talk about Sinclair.
2: How funny was it when he's winding all the All Blacks up? Sometimes you think, oh, just wind your neck in a little bit. But he's there and he's shouting, he's getting everyone's, in everyone's face. But it always comes back to bite you in the ass, doesn't it? And then he knocks the ball on two or three yards And they're out, all laughing at him. And they're all <laughs> smacking him on the <laughs> head and laughing at
1: him. Oh, it's funny the way sport works. What did you guys make of the Wales-Australia game? Weirdest really?
2: thing from that game, and you'll never see this again, I don't reckon, Lee Halfpenny misses one from in front of the sticks. The best, no. the best goal kicker, I think, of this generation of the last seven, eight, nine years. Him and Farrell are probably the two best goal kickers for the last five years. He misses one from in front of the sticks, and he missed another one just to the right of the post as well. Must have
0: been windy. Must have been windy, mate, roof, with, r- yeah, with r- the roof closed. closed. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah, listen, do you know what? Credit to Wales. It, both defences were exceptional at times, and, and Wales have got the Australian monkey off the back now. They've not beaten them in just 10 hmm.
0: years, 13 straight defeats, I think. It's weird, isn't it, how some teams struggle against other teams. So, Australia... Scotland have beaten them comfortably in recent years. Wales have struggled. Like you just mentioned that. It's ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah. Was it the last time they won? The one where Jamie Roberts broke his skull? 2008, yeah, I think so. 2008. Wow. So it's a big uh, b- For Jamie monkey. Roberts to break that skull. That's a big skull to break. Yeah, so. well, why why do they say monkey off the back? What does that actually mean? Getting a monkey off your back? It's monkey pretty, on your back's quite annoying, isn't it? Well, I've, never, nice. I've never had a monkey on my back, so I'd never know. Another good thing for Wales, saw Anscombe was starting again at 10. When I was in Wales with the turtle tortoise lookalike, Shanklin, Voldemort, he was talking about Anscombe, pushing bigger, them having two options at 10. So he backed it up again. It's interesting, quickly. isn't it, when you when you
2: talk about that. Now, bigger's come over this side of the Seven Bridge to play in the Premiership. First opportunity, Warren Gatlin's dropped him and started Anscombe. Mate, yeah. It is word. Mate, what's happened to Rhys Webb? He's, he's injured. He's down, oh, at, he's injured. He's down, down at too long. But he can't play. He's down yeah, at too yeah, long. Yeah, but,
0: I know, but I know he can't play, but... He's not played for too long. No, he's played, I think he's played one or two
2: games. He's, he's injured at the minute. There's, is he? There's a chat of him coming straight back That's to what I mean. Wales pretty imminently as what? well. As in
0: he's hating it there? Well, I think they're near the bottom of the league too long. He's injured and... Imagine the physio. But <laughs> Could you imagine the nick of the physio that he's getting? <laughs> this, this is the
2: thing. And, and the Welsh players... Massage. <laughs> Rhys Webb's gone to France and he's out on his own there. You know, he's no going in to see the Osprey's physio and going, hey, but I don't fancy this week, eh?" Hey, I... We're playing in Ashland in a couple of weeks, aren't
0: we? Is that your Welsh accent? Yeah.
2: Right? Mm. Um, so, you know, it is a balance. And I've heard he wants to come straight back.
0: Because he's not playing for Wales or because he's hating it?
2: Well, I think the, the reality that he's not going to play for Wales and there's a World Cup a year away. And there's... <laughs> it ain't smelling the roses down at too long at the minute, as I keep mentioning on this podcast, yes, Jim. Yes, you
0: do, Matt. You need to be careful. No, I'm never going to
2: too long on holiday. Um, but no, listen, Wales, monkey off the back, as we said. Uh, some talking points, obviously. Karevi taking out. Lee Halfpenny with the charge down. Yeah, Ben, o, the ben and
1: john tweeted us in about that, just wondering uh, if it was worth the sanction.
2: <laughs> it's definite, For me, it's definitely a penalty, because you now got a duty of care to the as a player that you go to charge a kick down. Gravy turns his head and ends up... I think his forearm or elbow goes into Halfpenny's chin, which you know you could argue is reckless, and you know, people are looking, oh, he should have been sent off. But then the flip side of that, Alan jones leads with his forearm... Catches, I think it's Bernard Foley under the chin in the first half. Nothing was done about that.
0: So I, I saw a few go- let go at the weekend uh, in the Scotland Fiji game as well. There was a couple of big any high spring, shots, any swinging arms. There was a high shot on Finn Russell. I, I tried to look for it again last night after I did commentary on it. He got hit high and stung as well, and it was definite high tackle. Definitely, the
1: TMO went back and looked at it, and they didn't give it. Just going back to the Wales game, they've never won all the inter- Autumn Internationals, have, they? have no. they, they? They've got a good chance of doing it now, South Africa and Tonga still to come?
2: It's Tonga this week, isn't it? Um, so they'll beat Tonga.
0: Horrible team to play
2: against. The yeah. but then you look at, you know, they they are, and the Scots would have looked at Fiji, and everyone was talking up Fiji saying they're the equivalent of the Brazilian football team in rugby, sort of thing. And that's and what Greg said. Scotland put them
0: to bed. In the bat- second half? Yeah, it
2: was a battle, but that's what happened. So, the same will happen for Wales. The big one for them is now they've got the monkey off the back, as Jim likes to say. Well, I don't
0: like to say it, I, don't, I just don't know what it means. Yeah,
2: the Australian, they've
0: beaten the Aussies finally. A kangaroo off the back. There you go. Can they beat the South Africans last game? They've jumped out of the pouch of the kangaroo. There we go. Yeah. You're clever, Jim. You? I'm just thinking about all these different innuendos.
2: So hopefully, um, yeah, they'll beat Tonga this week. And, and it's a massive test against South Africa And we'll talk a bit more about that at our live show.
1: Yes, we will. Well, we've got someone on the line um, who can help us analyse the, the, the Wales game. Uh, and look ahead to our live show in Cardiff next week. It's former Wales and British Irish uh, Lion. Andy Powell. How are you, mate? Yeah,
3: good, thanks. Yourself?
0: Yeah, good, Powell, Thanks for coming on. So you watched the game at the weekend. Obviously, massive win for Wales. What's been the general consensus there as the whole of Wales been on lockdown... Since the the game,
3: oh, I think you know, mate. I think you know we've got a lot of injuries, and I think at the minute now Wales is going well. I think we've got strength and depth, which we we didn't have for a number of years, and it's good to see the younger boys coming. Like Josh Adams is playing outstanding, and it's, you know it's great to see. You know it wasn't it wasn't the best game to watch, but at the end of the day, it's not about performance; it's about winning now. Uh,
2: yeah. just, just a quick question for you: on That are you? Uh, we can hear the wind. Go- are you in that golf buggy again, pal or What?
3: Mate, I tell you, I had a few last night after we beat Birmingham on the weekend coaching now, so it was a good win. We had a bit of a mad one. Mate, you're
0: speaking very well. Do you have, have you turned posh on us, or, or, or what, Paulie? Yeah,
3: mate, I, I changed now, mate. Yeah, I'm just in the pub outside the pub now. I'm on a pint. Yes, Pally, <laughs> that's that, the spirit. That's
2: the power we love. Obviously, the last, yeah. the last time Wales beat Australia, you were playing, weren't you?
3: Um, I was on fire. There <laughs> <Okay. laughs> we go. This is what we like to hear. Hey, phone the fire brigade.
2: Phone <laughs> <laughs> the fire
0: brigade, boy.
2: Um, it's a massive win, isn't it? You know, was the... We talked about it earlier, the, the monkey on, on the, the Welsh back in terms of beating Australia. Can anyone understand the pressure going into a game when you haven't beaten them
3: for so long, or is it just, did they treat it as another game? No, it is, at the end of the day it's just another, it's just another 80 minutes of rugby you know, um, but you know, we've got it off our back now, and I think it's, you know I think the World Cup is well open, I think New Zealand are beatable they look on the weekend, I think England were in lucky. it's, it's going to be a good World Cup, I think
0: And mate, on to the next couple of weeks quickly uh, they've got Tonga and South South Africa, um, can, they, can they win both of these?
3: I think Tonga could be a banana skin for us. I think South Africa I think we'll get I think we'll beat South Africa, but I think Tonga could be the side which could beat us. And I know and it's a mad thing to say. It's a potential banana skin at the end of
2: the day. And is it like a banana skin? You know, when you played in that yellow jersey that, with this fake tan underneath, is it as banana skinny as that, or not really? Well, I
3: don't mind. I don't mind wearing that. Too. I had a good shape at the time, so I looked. I looked good in
0: that. <laughs> mate, what kind of what kind of shape are you in at the minute? Are you still into the? I was with Shanklin last week. He was mad for the uh, the spray tan. Are you still into uh, all that as well? No, nah,
3: mate. Don't do any fake tan now i got a nice beard, nice long hair, back to the old ways.
0: Um, and, Matt, are you missing the game at all? Obviously, you had an amazing career. You know, we know what it's like as players watching now. How are you getting on with all that?
3: But yeah, I think, you know, first of all, I did miss it. But then I think getting into coaching, I think, you know, being around the boys, being in the environment and having a beer after the game, which I've always loved. And that's what rugby is about. You know, even at the top level, you look at Saracens. They all get together, have a good drink and... That's the way it should be.
2: And then obviously coaching now, let's talk about Wales further down the line. Warren Gatlin's leaving post-World Cup. Pivac's getting the job, isn't he? Are you, you, putting, know, your, what... are you, are you putting your hat in the ring as an assistant coach or...?
3: Oh mate, I would never, I would never coach him. Well, I'm coaching Bracken, but I like to go over the bridge somewhere in England, maybe <laughs> championship next year.
0: Oh mate, that would be awesome, mate. Well, hopefully we'll get to see you. It's good to have a catch up. Well, mate, we're going to be catching up, aren't we? In Wednesday in Cardiff, looking forward to we're seeing you again there. Last time I saw you there, you might not want to bring back the memories, but it was that game <laughs> in two thousand in two thousand and ten, yeah. yeah, where we, we Scotland were winning with three minutes to go. I went off with cramp, and then it all went downhill from then. It was good. Good night, though, uh, mate. It was a great night, mate. It was the golf buggy night, as we know. So <laughs> we'll talk about that on Wednesday, pal. Top man.
1: Thank you very much for joining us. Take it. Bye
0: bye. Cheers, Cheers mate. Just
2: outside the boozer, having a pint on a
0: on, on a it. golf buggy, mate. He's definitely he's moving there. <laughs> he's moving at speed, <laughs> isn't he? He's going the wrong way down the M4, but he is, mate. He's a quality player as well. It's, it's, it's good to have an array of people on quality play. He was one of them where you lined up against. You could see that he had a spray tan, but he was he was that good in his prime. You were like. I'm slipping off him. I'm slipping off that spray tan. Yeah, you weren't slipping off it. He would run through people. Yeah, I'd slip off he him. He was yeah. hard yeah. as food. I generally put like the big shot and then he, you know, he'd kind of just bounced off and it was like slime balls. Jim. When you look back on your career, what fucking games are you watching? I'm going to try and dig a, a <laughs> clip out of here. Mate, you're laughing. You're laughing. You're laughing. We played I've against never Wales. Seen you smoke anyone. I absolutely smoked George North and I ripped the ball off him and I stood above him like The Undertaker and gave him the cutthroat. Thing. <laughs> mate, la- I'm going to find it, Tim. You're, la- you're laughing, the producer. I'm going to find that clip. And we're going to post it. You, if we find this clip, yeah. you can buy me 100,000 followers on <laughs> Twitter. Some, something needs some... to happen because you don't believe me, you're laughing. Like, what? You made one big tackle in your career, but no, you, you well, say you smoked I, everyone.
2: No, I absolutely It's like me saying George I gassed every player I've ever played against because I was so quick. I wasn't. I was a fucking donkey, a cart horse, like kick a kicker ball.
0: Mate, you're talking yourself up at the But cart you're, horse. you're
2: talking about you're the best player in the world ever and you smoked no, I won't. everyone and no, you're the I toughest guy. No. I was a hero, no, the I legend, wasn't, big
0: Jim. No, I wasn't, mate. I was in the top 10. Second rows in the world. In, in my prime. Oh my <laughs> why are you laughing? Why, laugh? why are you laughing? I do not know why you were laughing. Why are you laughing?
1: So you were commentating on the Scotland game. Yeah. How was it?
0: I was disappointed with Fiji, to be honest. Discipline was awful. Uh, and we were with John McKee. Yeah. Up at the Wooden Spoon Dinner. He actually said a few words about the Fijian national team. I spoke to him after. And he knows that the set piece, the scrum and the line out, uh, have been big problem areas for Fiji in recent years. Well, forever, really. We know how good they are as a team. And that is why they ended up getting hammered at the weekend. What was it? Line-out was appalling. Scotland just mauled them to the cowsheds and home. Their discipline was awful as well. Never got going. The, the two tries that Fiji scored were opportunist tries. They were off a bounce ball uh, from a kick-over, a pick-and-go pick through the middle, Nakawara, and then uh, Rundra Ran- uh, How was Baseli Yato. I love quiet him. was he? Yeah, he was quiet. Yeah, I talked to him up before the game. Actually, Ran Randra, he was unbelievable in his peak yeah. boots. He was their best player. He, you know, he was one of the best players on the pitch. And you've spoken about him, Semi. Did he have semi? Did
2: you have a Semi when he?
0: Yeah, watching him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was good. But Scotland <laughs> were very good, very professional. Some unbelievable standout performances. Jamie Ritchie in the back row was utter class. I spoke to John Barkley before in terms of the changes that they made. Like Hamish Watson wasn't involved. They changed Stuart McInnelli and Fraser Brown come in. And I actually think, I've mentioned it before with McInerney and Fraser Brown, they're in the top five hookers in the world, both of them. I'm telling you now.
2: What, what's your top five?
0: I'm going to go, well, now Coles is back. Yeah. Coles. Cody Taylor. Taylor's obviously up there as well. Marks. And then, Marks is unbelievable, to be yeah. fair. Dylan? Uh, no. Dylan Hartley. I'm going to go Jamie. Then I'm going to go McInerney. And then I'm going to go Brown. So there's six. In the top <laughs> six. <laughs> <laughs> you had a shit mass teacher. Oh, God, she was horrendous. Lovely woman. Um, Sam Skinner. Load of talk of him getting his first cap. He was outstanding. Started in the second
2: row. Scotland have finally got a decent second row, is that what you're saying?
0: You you have held that country back for years, haven't you, Jim? Mate, I looked at it, looked at his performance. I have not seen a second row play that good since circa 2013, Scotland versus Ireland in the Six Nations. I've not seen a second row performance like (laughs) it. He was ridiculous. Carrying, tackling... Grubber kick in, and then he moves to the back row. So he got man of the match, and rightly so. Jamie Ritchie, I mentioned, was unbelievable. Josh Strauss came on. Uh, Hell of a beard. Hell of a beard. Hell of a bush, mate. He's like literally... upstairs and downstairs? Yeah, he's he's like a gorilla. Not that gorillas have bushes as in that hairy no um, no manscaping going on downstairs nothing, for him. zero just literally from, from the moustache all the way down <laughs> to the ankles just joins yeah you can see his knees and that's about <laughs> it but he, he was awesome Ferguson went off injured Greg Laidlaw Finn Russell played very well but for Scotland this is the test this week isn't this it? is the test isn't it South Africa here we go I think this is where we'll see where, where Scotland are. Well, I think they've got a chance here, Scotland. I, mate, they have. I generally, do mate, I think good. Mate, they're in good? In fact,
2: if I was to put money on it, I, I, I fancy Scotland this week. Mate, Scotland are good now, mate. Oh, Strength and no, no. depth. But South Africa are an exceptional team at the minute in terms of they're beating the All Blacks. There. They're a team rejuvenated under Razi Erasmus. Oh, I don't know what's
0: happened to South Africa.
2: Oh, they've got their big men back and firing, haven't mm-hmm. they? Dwayne Vermeulen, he is massive for them. He's a monster. Such a good player. Yeah, I actually can't wait to watch Scotland's Africa. I, really? I'm even going to tune in to BT Sport. Oh, please, follow me. Listen to my friend. In fact, I'm. That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. Associate. I can't watch it live because I'll be at Twickenham in the corporate lounge again eating. So I'm going to put it on record and then mute it. Um, and then watch it when I get home. It's the big game. Actually, of the no, weekend. I can't. because I'm going to take the missus out for dinner with some friends on
0: Saturday. It's everything of your life revolves around food. Yeah, everything. Like, well, do, you well, not go, do you not go cinema or do you not think right? Going to go and see. What a you do Everything's cinema. about you food. you. Eat popcorn. Well, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only person that doesn't. Then Jim. Well, no, but I wouldn't be going. So I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't be thinking right. Cinema, popcorn. Like, they just wouldn't go hand in hand. Well, I think yeah, they cinema do. sleep. Well, hold on a minute. Cinema
2: popcorn, that's what you do. The only the only decision is how much pick and mix do you have? You're having popcorn, whatever happens. I love a blue whale. I like them blue <laughs> whales.
0: You know, when you go to the cinema, you get the, uh, the pick and mix. How funny is it going there, like eating them all before you actually pay? <laughs> Even though you can afford it, but there's that thing inside you that's, look, I'll try this one. Tim's laughing because he knows the crack. I've seen that bum around there, mate. <laughs>
2: but yeah, so uh, I will. I'll try and stay clear of the result. Come on, Scotland. Come on, Scotland. And South Africa.
1: Argentina gave Ireland a good run for their money. Were you surprised by that?
2: Yeah, yeah, Well, yes and no. Argentina are a lot better than people make out, although their scrum got absolutely hosed. so I can't work them out. But they have got quality players within the squad, and they are a tough nut to crack. You know, There's not
0: many teams that Tough nut to crack? Where's that come from? I'm challenging you on all of these now. You're throwing out these, are they, what are they called? Analogies. Yeah. What a word that is. Analogies. Clichés. Clichés, analogies, yeah. Yeah. Well, nuts, and nuts to crack. Some nuts are tough to crack. But you eat nuts.
2: Well, can you, do you reckon you could crack a hazelnut with your hands? Well, hang on, but then you'd say it's so a, a hazelnut to crack. It's a nut. I mean, yeah. So, 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 so you have one nut.
0: Yeah, but you have different nuts. Like when you say it's a tough stone to crack? Because it's just not a saying. Because all
1: all stones are hard hard to crack, whereas some nuts are tougher than others to crack. This is
0: why you're here. Thank you. Anyway, yeah,
2: listen, Ireland were rusty. Did they have one eye on the All Blacks game this week? Not deliberately, but
0: maybe subconsciously. There's a few of them thinking, let's get through this week. Everything about this Irish team, we're going to be thinking about the All Blacks subconsciously, whether they say it or not.
1: Italy 28, Georgia 17. Big game for Italy and big game for Georgia, of course, with all the chat around Georgia, supposedly, um, or people asking for them to come into the Six Nations in place of Italy. What did you guys make of that?
0: Huge game. Huge win for Italy. We mentioned Conor O'Shea. I spoke to him after I was in Italy. spoke to a few of the Italian lads when I was in Italy. And everything's been geared towards this game over the last year, really. Because, like you said, all the talk's been about Georgia and potentially Romania, coming into the Six Nations mm. and, and getting that opportunity and having a relegation promotion-style format. And, you know, speaking to Conor O'Shea, you could hear that this was massive. And twenty eight seventeen it should have been more than that. It should have been, I reckon, 40 points to Italy. But Georgia a dogged team. This was the biggest game of Georgian history, I'd say, to try and show the world that they should be in and around the Six Nations, not just financially, but status, status quo. No, status quo? It's not, that's not the same. No just, the, 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 no, just status. Just status. Status. <laughs> <That's me. what? laughs> okay. See, so I'm just trying to throw a different... i was trying to evolve here. Oh, James. Uh, yeah, just so. stick to being you. Big, dumb, stupid, <laughs> funny. And hung <long laughs> like an absolute Squirrel. horse. Squirrel. Um, um, yeah, so for me, massive win for Italy. Uh, for Georgia. Georgia are getting better. I'd love to see Georgia and Romania given the opportunity in the future. I don't know where they fit, it, fit in that, but... I've been an advocate of, and I've been saying this for
2: a while now, I think there should be a promotion relegation game. It's a massive win for Italy. The thing I love is if there's ever a coach that's not Georgian but looks like he could be Georgian and fits in as a Jordan coach, Graham Roundtree. I mean, you know, they
0: ain't the best looking, are they, the Georgians? They're not. He fits the mould. Interestingly, the Georgians um, are now taking in money. I don't know whether they're co-owned or it's just the money coming in off Mohad Altred, the owner of Montpellier and the main sponsor of the French national team. That's a bit of insight, yeah. So Roundtree... This could be the turning point where them ears get replaced
1: (laughs) with the amount of money that
0: he's getting paid.
1: Well, we've got... Italy second row, Dean Bud on the line so he can tell us just how important that win was for the country. Dean, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Dean, cheers for
0: coming on. It's Jim Hamilton. It was awesome to see you over in Italy uh, the other week.
1: Good to have you
4: here and try to take you out for a few beers as well. Preparing for the big game.
0: Mate, of course, mate. Well, let's talk about the big game because a lot of people, not specifically us, but people have been talking about Georgia uh, potentially replacing Italy. Uh, spoke to a little bit about it with Connor. Um, hopefully that's been put to bed now. Uh, was that to- spoken about in the lead up the game with you guys and, and mentally in the minds of the players?
4: Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, probably a little bit too much if you, uh, if you ask me. Um, it's something that was bigger for obviously Georgia than it was for us. I, I always felt that we had the team and the ability to go out there and, and, and show who we are, who we are and, and, and believe that we hold that success spot. Not hopefully not the six spot but our spot of the six nations and yeah absolutely a real monkey off the back to uh, get through this
2: one and did you guys going into the game feel you had a bit of a point to prove or was it just business as usual this is an international match we're going to smash the Georgians uh, and get a win
4: um, I think we had uh, we had a point to prove I mean it, um, we've kind of the last few years been floating around that zone we were not quite matching matching that up with the top tier two, tier one nations, and we kind of haven't really been put bed, um, convincing enough the tier two nations. But we had a point to prove, um more so as players as well. I mean, reading the tricks and hearing the big things about which can we count in the lead up, uh, Yeah, certainly gave us a lot of motivation.
0: Mate, just give us a bit of insight into what Connor's like as a coach. I know he's gone there, he's gone all in, hasn't he, learning the language, and he's very passionate about what he's doing. But how good's he been for Italian rugby?
4: Oh, I mean, like, yeah. he's, he's, he's absolutely amazing. He's, he's been phenomenal. And the work he puts in behind the scenes, I mean, it's not an easy place to make change. Um, it's in a very system way, ways. So he, uh, he puts in so much work behind the scenes. And I don't think a lot of people realise and I don't even think half the players realise like to try and change systems and, and change the whole national set-up from, from under fives right through to the national team. So, yeah, he's incredible. And, yeah, day-to-day working with, and um, it's just super so you that guy that yeah, helps us all perform at our best,
0: I think. Well, mate, that's you and the team for the next 10 years then, mate. Off the back of that answer. <laughs> uh,
2: looking at it, mate, obviously, obviously for our listeners... I'll be linking them into this
0: interview.
2: <laughs> and obviously for our listeners, you're originally from New Zealand, uh, but you've been in Italy now for six years. How Italian do you feel? Are you fluent? Uh, you've obviously integrated well to be there for that long. And you, Do you consider yourself Italian in, in the sense that you might stay there afterwards? How are you feeling about Brexit? Let's chat about that. <laughs>
4: I mean, you you never lose the route. I mean, as soon as we get around the other Kiwi boys on the team, there's all of the chair bros and char going on. But, yeah, I feel, feel very Italian. You have to, you have to learn to love your way, otherwise life, Pretty sure that's your bankers because they're not going to change for you. Um, so, yeah, uh, I feel like Italian can get by, stick enough,
0: and they haven't quite mastered serenading the ladies. Nothing like the Italian Um As I say, I was over in uh, Benetton at your club, and over the last couple of seasons, really, we've seen a huge improvement in the way that you guys have played. Um What are you putting that down to? Are, are you seeing the same now that you guys are a lot more competitive and Zebra as well in the Pro 14? I had to touch on
4: Connor's the point of Connor again, just ch- trying to change the whole system. So we're trying to align more Benetton and Trav- uh, Benetton and Debraider. The two teams that are playing towards the national side, and I mean, Kieran, I've, I've got to plug all the coaches. Why not? I'm deep in it now. And um, Kieran Crowley at Treviso has been great uh, as well. And Porta the forwards coach, just been to New Zealand and come back just with a whole new mindset of how to coach and and what rugby really is. Um, And it's
0: made
4: some super positive changes
0: for us. And in terms of the national team going forward, like lastly, obviously that was a big win against Georgia. All the focus has been on that. But how do Italian rugby move forward in the national team now, you know, the rest of the autumn, but going into the Six Nations as well?
4: Um, I think we've got a. Try and snag one this weekend, really. Um, Australia's not having the greatest year they've ever had. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think we go out there and give it absolute shit on Saturday and hopefully we can uh, cause a bit of an
1: upset. All right, Dean, well, bit of luck for this weekend and uh, thank you very much for coming on the pod. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Dean. Cheers, pal. So I was with that benetton Treviso team
0: before they played in the Challenge Cup, but I, I trained with the team and also went around the town, spoke to a few of the guys. What an amazing place. Michael Liner. Yeah. That's where he met his missus. Yeah. His wife that he's with now, had kids with in in Italy.
1: Kerwin. Yeah, John Kerwin was their coach. John Kerwin
0: was their coach out there. So he's got an affiliation there, lot always goes back, he's still got a house. And I think it's one of them places, I'm not too sure if the whole of Italy's like that, but I know Treviso, one of them places, once you're there, you're in. Yeah. That's it. So I, I cannot speak highly enough of that place. And... You know, I messaged Connor after I was there and just said the warmth of the people and the reception that we got. And they want to grow the profile of their game. You know, we spoke about it. We we would love to have had a Scotland player on here on the podcast. But unfortunately, we're not getting access to the Scotland players for whatever reason, which I think is a real shame. But Italian rugby, they're happy to give us all access. They want to grow the profile of their game. They yep. want to grow the profile of their individuals, their player, their brand, everything. And yeah, I think it's brilliant.
1: The last big game of the weekend, uh, France just didn't quite get home against South oh, Africa. Of course, of course, France,
2: France, France. Fr- I mean, that whole game summed up French rugby. In patches, unbelievable. Yeah. Teddy Thomas makes a break in the first. I think it's the first half. Rips South Africa to shreds. He's got a three on one with the fullback. <laughs> Right, I don't to, give you the ball. Not passings. <laughs> tries to skin him. Gets tackled. Oh, turnover. <laughs> you like that? Oh, my days. And then they're winning a minute to go. They're winning by four points. 26-22 up. They've got a scrum. France have got a scrum six metres out from South Africa's try line. South Africa's try line six metres out. A minute to go. No other team in the world can lose this game, I don't reckon. They give a penalty away. Like, one of them just picks and goes on his own. Like, you ain't going fast pick and go there, are you? You're slowing it. I mean, this is where Jim Hamilton comes into his own. Slow it down, big fella. Slow it down. Get your
0: foot on that ball and let the referee say, use it a hundred times before you actually (laughs) use it.
2: (laughs) I can't remember who it was. Picks and goes on his own. So, gives up... And then, Francois Lowe gets over the ball, wins the penalty. Brilliant, Techers. Then they kick it to touch. Or... Try to kick it to touch. Damien Peno, the ball's bounced in field. He can catch that. He can catch the ball on the bounce, and there's five seconds left. He's caught the ball and put his foot in touch, giving South Africa a line-out. Oh my,
0: David Puno,
2: absolute shambles. Then from the line-out, Yoan Maestri, all fart no poo. He is all fart
0: no poo, by the <laughs> way.
2: He is all blow. Catches uh, sorry, South Africa catches the line out. Start driving. He just comes in from the side and sacks it. So then they kick it to the corner again. They collapse it again. Uh, they play South Africa play a bit. Uh, I think it was uh, Cami Lopez gives another penalty away for not running away in the tackle. South Africa look like they've scored in the corner, but comes back for a forward pass. So they go back to the last penalty that Cami Lopez gives away. Kicks the corner. Drive over and night, w- night, no best skip. And they win. <laughs> I'm like, you can't get any more French than that. It was
0: amazing. So, what, amazing uh, what? And you hate the French? No, it's just amazing. What was amazing? To,
2: <laughs> how a team can capitulate after d- producing some... Oh, they were 23-9 up, I think it was. They produced some <laughs> unbelievable bits of play. You just like... It was like when... How was your mate? How did, how did your ago, mate play? I ain't got a mate in France. At yeah, he bastard. How he go? He scored... I, it just makes me chuckle when I
0: see. Co- I mean, we've both played in France, haven't we? And it's comedy sometimes. It's a, it's a shit show. That's <laughs> just, all I can say. It's a shit show. Um, I, got, I got nothing more. If someone said, "What was it like playing in France?" I don't talk about the Harley Davidson. I don't talk about the thirty-five grand a week. Also, I don't talk about the swimming <laughs> pool. I just say it was a shit show. Did you like your time in France? I, I really enjoyed Breve. Actually, there's some magic massive... out that They were paying you four hundred grand a year. <laughs> That's what you want about? No, no listen. I, because Breve's a weird place, isn't as it? As a lifestyle,
2: of, yeah. If you're single there in Breve. You're dark as anything because there's one, <laughs> there's like one bar, one nightclub, and, and one, that's it. one woman, one man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I enjoyed the lifestyle. You know, the whole thing of can you imagine walking into Saracens or Wasps or any Premiership club and having lunch and there being just red wine out on the table and like all the
0: all, all the boys just tucking into a glass of red wine? You got training that. It was, rid- it was ridiculous. You got training that eve- that afternoon. We used to train at eight in the morning, come in for <laughs> breakfast, and it was cocoa
1: pops for breakfast. That was it. Cocoa pops and yogurts. What's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, Andy Powell mentioned um, Tonga could be a potential banana skin. So we'll start off with the previews for the weekend for the um, Wales Tonga. Is I can't a...
0: see him slipping up in that. So I, I've I, done I, that banana skin. That's why they call it a banana skin. <laughs> 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 Woo-hoo! Um, I've got it. Uh, listen, it's,
2: it's, one of, it's like we said it about Scotland and Fiji, didn't we? If Wales get loose and try and Play the Tonga way or try and play a different game to what they're used to. Yeah, you, you can slip up, but I don't see Wales losing to Tonga. Don't think Warren Gatland gambles too much with he'll make some changes, but he'll see this now as for his first opportunity to go through an autumn played for 1 4, and they'll be very focused. A little bit like Eddie Jones has said with, with Japan this week. You know, he wants to go out and absolutely obliterate Japan and be ruthless, and he's told the Japanese to get to the temple and pray. But I mean, what does that actually mean? Well, go to the temple and pray. But what what if they're not religious? It's a
1: soundbite for the press against again so, and
2: Eddie
1: no, uh Scotland, South Africa? Come
0: on, Scotland! Eh? Oh, I don't know. Mate, the, the cynic in me says I can't see Scotland beating them. But, mate, if it's raining, again, this is the, Scotland's biggest game of the autumn. We've seen them rise to the occasion. New Zealand last Lost. year. Lost. Australia smashed them. South Africa in recent years. Oh, South Africa. Ooh. Mate, I just think South Africa, you know, they're too good at the minute. Who do you think is going to win goody? I'm going to say Scotland.
1: France-Argentina? France. I really want Argentina to of win. Of course you do, mate.
0: What's wrong with you? I'm English, I don't like the French. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah, it's fine by me, mate. Okay. Um,
1: I think France win, but I want Argentina to win. Okay. In the uh, unofficial World Championship game, number one versus number two, Ireland All Blacks. Who wins that? Oh, all Blacks. Do you think so? Yeah, I think so.
0: I think so. I'm saying Ireland. If they do, how good is this World Cup going to be? How? I good? think the All Blacks sneak it. It's going to be close. Yeah, all blacks just. Island just.
1: All right, well, we've got a super fan that's going to come into the studio now and read a couple of social media questions. This is your moment.
0: <laughs> so what's your name? Where do you come from? Uh, my name is Ben. I'm from Newport in South Wales. Right, here it is. What questions you got, superfan? Who is the fittest
4: rugby player you've ever played with and who is the least fit rugby player you've ever played with?
2: I'll tell you someone that surprised me. So props, and I talked about it earlier earlier, no. props and front rowers get labelled as the most unfit in the team because of how they're shaped and stuff, right? Matt Mullen, who I played with at Wasps and Worcester and other clubs, he used to dominate every forward in the fitness testing.
0: I'd say my last season at Saracens, Scott Burger used to walk into the gym with a coffee and, you know, the foam rollers, used to foam roll his calves for about an hour and a half. Good man. And... <laughs> He got to a stage where he was on the bench for a couple of games. So on a Monday, you'd have to come in and do like a Watt bike or off feet. So if, you, if you're older, you wouldn't run in the afternoon. You'd, you'd do like a rowing session or a Watt bike. Absolutely horrendous. He was dying. Really? Just did it, mate. He said, don't need to do it. Naturally gifted. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally, well, this
2: is my argument is all the time. boy. You have all these lads that are in preseason training. You get your training heroes that win all the hill sprints, win all the long distance repeat runs and stuff like that. Rugby fitness is different, boys, isn't it? You've got to have your brain.
0: Well, they're very, very rarely the best players, are they? So the guys who are generally the fittest guys in the whole squad, yeah. apart from what you hear about Makua, for example, was yeah. like hands down the fittest yeah. runner in the All Blacks team. Yeah. It's very rare that you hear strongest guy a bench or squat. He's the, he's the best prop. Yeah, Jim. What's the hardest punch you've ever taken? Oh, the hardest punch I've ever taken. Scott Berger hit me with one. We were talking of him. I just got to remember that one. Straight off a kickoff, Scotland, South Africa in around 2007. Hit me in the eye. And for whatever reason, he's hit me in one eye and I couldn't see out the other one either. It was <laughs> really blurry. I had, to, I, I had to play 50 minutes and I could barely see. It assault then? Yeah, I was really pissed off with him actually until he turned up to Saracens and he was a really nice guy. Um, got filled in when I was younger. I remember his name. It was Leicester versus Worcester, I think. A guy called Tom Warren. It's kicked off. Tommy Warren, yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah. Was he at Worcester? Yeah. Loose head prop. Not that big. Not that good. He has absolutely clobbered me. Split my eyelid clean open. Basically knocked me out. Turns out he was a black belt in judo or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. So give him a shout out because I've just probably made his life by telling him that.
1: <laughs> it is life. Yeah. Cheers, lads. Super fan. Cheers, cheers mate. Having... Made
0: your life, mate. Are uh, you going to give your surname on here? So it's Ben? Ben Cole. Ben, ben Cole. Cole. Cheers, pal. All
1: right, let's rep through the rumours. Have you guys got any floating around at the moment? We mentioned about Reece Webb, and I heard a rumour about that. Yes, James.
0: But the big one is Stuart Hogg. We, we mentioned it on here. It's been
2: announced, We said been? We
0: said it was Exeter all along, didn't we, that he was going to? We did. We did. We did. <laughs> we <laughs> and, he's did. <laughs> and he's signing for
2: Exeter. And he's signing for Exeter. It's been announced he's leaving Glasgow, and... Um, you know, we set rumours. Yeah, we do. We think, set rumours and they was, come true. I think it was early September, wasn't it? Like yeah, about yeah.
0: Somewhere, mm. somewhere around there. We mentioned it early. So, great move for, for Hoggy. He's outgrown Glasgow now. And this is no disrespect to Glasgow. They're a great team. I think someone of his quality now needs to move. I don't want to say up. That's the wrong way. I mean, sideways. Test himself. Take himself out of his comfort zone. If the rumours are right that he's heading to Exeter. Juice, juice, juice. Then what an unbelievably smart move for him. For Exeter for everyone involved so fair play to him good bloke full head of hair he's now got, he's had his lid done welcome to it the it looks cramashire. really good as well yeah, it does. yeah so if, if he's at Exeter great bit of business when he's at Exeter because I think when? we announced it on something yeah. like the 17th of September. September yeah yeah we mentioned mm. it then so uh yeah any other rumours Jean-Luc Dupria joining Robert his brother on a short term deal at Sale and his other brother Daniel Duplier, off to Exeter on
1: a short term deal well should we finish things off with the good the bad the ugly
2: yes let's So, plenty of good this weekend. Again, we'll start off at Twickenham. England's intensity and their performance, uh, especially from Sam Underhill and Mark Wilson. Including myself, not many people gave us a chance of beating the All Blacks. Big Jim Hamilton said he smelt something in the air. Uh, But I thought our performance, especially that opening 20 minutes, haven't spoken about it, but Ben Young's pass over the top to Chris Ashton was outstanding. Um, And we just... Absolutely shocked the All Blacks to start the game. Um, Then you look at New Zealand as well. Brodie Retallick dominating the airways. We spoke about it earlier in the second half. Uh, That turned a lot of the game on its head. And just New Zealand's ability to soak up the pressure and bounce back. Sticking with international rugby, Katie McLean won her 100th cap for England rugby at the weekend. uh, Which is a phenomenal achievement. And then we'll go up to Scotland for some other good, shall we? Tommy Seymour scoring a hat-trick. Against the Fijians at the weekend.
0: He was very good. Played very well. Very good. Big fan of the show. Big shout out to Tommy Seymour. Oliver of a
2: bush. Hell of bush. Let's go to Wales. And the international team down in Wales. Finally getting the monkey off their back. The Australian monkey off their back with a 9-6 win. Jim's is there, still is not there happy. Australian
0: monkeys? Well, of course there are.
2: There's monkeys are in they? Australia. There are monkeys in zoos and wildlife parks. Andy
0: <laughs> <Rowe>. <laughs> Google's a beautiful thing. <laughs>
2: anyway. Let's go to Brazil, shall we? Uh, and the bookies had Brazil playing against the Maoris, an 80-point handicap. Did not even know Brazil were playing. There we go. There we go. Do you research, Jim, Brazil, three, how many did the Maoris get? 40. 35. Oh, there we go. Good guess by me. But the other side of it, there was 34,000 people watching Brazil national team play against the Maoris. Really? Their biggest ever attendance, their previous biggest ever attendance, was 10,400. So a massive uptake, which I think is brilliant. Going to head to Brazil for an
0: Explorer show. Let's, Here we come. I'm coming for you. Let's get uh, out there. Bonjour. What are they speaking in Brazil? Bonjour. They're French. <laughs> you absolute <laughs> helmets. Jim Hamilton. Hola. Spanish. Uh, oh, God knows. Jeez. Portuguese. Portuguese. Wow. Um,
2: sticking with international rugby still, South Africa. Their comeback, and especially Andre Pollard, flawless off the deck. Seven from seven. We spoke about it earlier. Francois Lowe with the crucial turnover penalty towards the end. Uh, but at 23-9 down, they came back to win that game in the dying seconds. But the good for me this week goes to... A player from one of my old clubs. We always have to talk about my old clubs. Uh, a player from Worcester Warriors, Lewis Bean, making his debut uh, for the Warriors at the weekend. Uh, served in Afghanistan with the two rifles. Stood to attention during the minute silence for the Remembrance Sunday Armistice. So
0: love that. Got for me, watching that, it was
2: unbelievable to see all the Worcester boys arms around each other, and he was stood to attention on the end. I thought it was brilliant and very poignant with the weekend that's just gone on. Hundred years. Yeah. Uh, of armistice etc so the good this week goes to lewis bean uh the bad well australia eight losses out of 11 of their last games uh they're not on some good form uh, obviously losing to wales fiji everyone talks about them being the brazil of rugby in terms of the football brazil um stars galore but not great as a team all their fundamentals at the weekend and got hosed up front in the line out and scrum as big jim talked about earlier sean o'brien that's bad as well broke his arm at the weekend not happy with that. No, he looks, Sean, in pain. he looks in a lot of pain. He's been out last year as well, so tough position he's playing. Yeah, wish him all the best in his recovery. One that stood out for me: Jeremy Guskett, telling Sam Underhill he needs to change his game after starring for England.
0: I read that today, mate. there's no point even commenting on that, Jerry? I mean, not so much. Ridiculous, mate. Jerry, Hell.
2: clueless. But for me,
0: the bad this week.
2: Goes to France, doesn't it? Oh, of course it <laughs> goes does. Goes to France and the French national team. 26-22 up. A scrum about six or seven metres from the South African line. Francois low wins the penalty. They kick it to touch. They nearly miss touch. Damien Pinot carries it into touch with two seconds David left on the Pino. clock. Eventually, the South Africans get the line-out drive going and score the try to win it. So the bad this week goes to the game management and the French team.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> well, he was captain, so yes, Matthew Bastereau's involved in that as
2: well. Um, the Ugly this week, well, there wasn't a lot of ugly out there, I don't think. Apart from you look on the field at Twickenham, and you see some of the worst hairdos. I mean, I had a shocking lid when I played. The worst hairdos ever on the Squire. New Zealand. What's going on in New Zealand? They are having a
0: laugh. You lot? Are they having a laugh? Absolutely well, look at the state of you. Laugh. <laughs> look at your stunning. You, like co- <laughs> you look like a cockerel. All of you.
2: you like living in the 70s or something. The mullets are coming back in... Yeah, Brody Retallick. I mean, his mum mate looking at him going, "That is a good-looking boy," is she? <laughs> <laughs> so the ugly this week goes to Brody Retallick, Ben Barrett,
0: Liam Squire. Sort your lids out.
1: Yeah, thanks, Scooty, and uh, Big Jim. You've got a shout out to finish up with, don't you?
0: Yes, I have, Andy. We just want to give a mention to James Aston, who is cycling around the world on a push bike, camping by the side of the road on the way in order to raise money for the Samaritans and raise awareness for mental health. He left the UK in January from his hometown of Whitby and is currently in southern China. He lost his dad to suicide in 2013 and his dad had struggled with mental health. His dad was a big supporter of rugby and the values which instilled in people. He was heavily involved in Whitby Rugby Club in Yorkshire and James has memories of his dad teaching him how to catch. James has continued his passion for rugby having played for Whitby and apparently this trip might be the first time he missed an England match. James is a passionate listener of the pod and downloads... The latest episodes wherever he gets Wi-Fi so a massive shout out to him and keep up the good work and good luck on your venture out there
1: good man James thanks for that Jim uh, and thank you all very much for listening don't forget to subscribe follow us on Twitter review us on iTunes and check out our new Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod rugby pod with a monkey on it back pod pod pod